Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 46 of the Message Board Geniuses podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, Joy, MBG with me this week. Week six of the college football season's in the books. Your co-hosts here went 4-0 and for the first. And given how our season is going, very likely only time this year. So we're <laughs> going to celebrate it. We thought we'd kick things off this week by going around the horn and each of us could talk about our favorite game from week six because there were some good ones out there. So... Casey, what did you enjoy watching last weekend? You know, this is one of those that I, I always jump on everybody's lunch here, and I'm not going to do it this time. <laughs> so my game of the week last week I thought was Notre Dame and Louisville, and there was a lots of Twitter meltdowns, which I loved. And we, we may or may not have something later on in the show about some more meltdowns about this game. Notre Dame wanted to fire their offensive coordinator, Gerard Parker, but the game itself was highly entertaining. I think not only did the fans take the undefeated Louisville team very lightly, but seemingly so did the team. Jack Plummer was steady, not great stats, but he was he was fine. That running game really gashed Notre Dame. That Jahar Jordan from, from Louisville, he's probably one of the most unsung heroes in the country. He averaged around seven yards a carry that night with two touchdowns. Their defense was really good. And poked holes in, in Sam Hartman's game, I think, and that offense. So I have no dog in the hunt, and sometimes those are my favorite games, and that's why Notre Dame-Louisville was my favorite game to watch of the weekend. Well, you got a little bit of a dog in the hunt. We know how you feel about Notre Dame. <laughs> I, see, I see the grin on your face. <laughs> there was a little gleam in my eye telling that story. There's no doubt. I had more to write, but, you know, I, I only had so much paper. <laughs> All right, Joy, did you get back from your trip in time to watch any college football this weekend? Um, I did not get back from my trip in time, but I did manage to find one illegal website that was streaming all the games, so I still watch them nice. um, in the middle of the ocean. My favorite game of the weekend was A&M, Alabama, because A&M lost. <laughs> She's back, everybody. <laughs> All right, MVG. Well, mine, mine was probably. I just said it. I assume that was it. I just... Well, I'm getting some more ham on Juniors of the Week, so I got to be chill. <laughs> I love how short and sweet that was. We're all looking at her like, what else? That's it. All right. Give me a little bit of time. I'm warming up, guys. <laughs> hey, see, so you have to leave in that uncomfortable pause, too. I, oh, absolutely. I appreciate it. <laughs> People are going to be like checking their headphones, like <laughs> turn the radios up. I'll up. probably do it in the car tomorrow. Yeah, I, I thought the screen froze up for a second. All right, MBG, <laughs> what was your favorite game of the week? Mine was the Texas Oklahoma game because there was so much. I don't know if you saw the game, but it was wild, and you could just feel how much emotion there was in that game. Uh, both teams seemed like both teams were fighting for their lives in that game, even though. Those two are going to end up playing again in the Big 12 championship game, I'm sure. 
But, man, it was a heck of a game. I think Texas kind of choked that away. Texas made every mistake that you could think of to kind of give the game away. And Oklahoma played fantastic. I I uh, underestimated Dylan Gabriel. He played really well. Oklahoma's defense played well. They surprised me a little bit. Now, I don't think they'll beat Texas when they play again. But I will say that Quinn Ewers probably lost his Heisman bid in that game because he didn't look good at all. He looked like a deer in headlights when that game started. So you can probably count out Quinn Ewers and the Heisman. But my question would be is, so both these teams are probably going to run the table, and then they're going to play in the Big 12 championship game. If Texas wins and they both finish with one loss having split the series, who goes to the playoffs? Because only one Texas. of them is going to go. I mean, yeah, you'd say you'd probably, whoever's the most probably, recent loss probably out, right? Pre- probably take Texas, right? I think I, so. If they win the Big 12 championship game, I mean. I think you tough. have to take the champion, and I yeah. hate it. That's going to be tough for Oklahoma to swallow, but um, – you know, Oklahoma fans, fans are a, normal, though, right, MBG? It was a perfect Saturday for them because they beat Texas and USC almost lost. So, <laughs> I mean, they it made their weekend, right? Well, the good thing is if Oklahoma loses in the championship game and then Texas makes the playoff over them, <laughs> I'm sure their fans will handle it with grace like they always do. <laughs> Oh, Good for uh, business, MBG. Uh, Good uh, for uh, business. Imagine if Texas makes it and USC makes it, and Oklahoma is on the outside looking in with one loss. Oh my! Oh, God. I'm going to burn Twitter to the ground. <laughs> oh man! Especially if, like, what if USC makes it with two losses? Uh, I don't think yeah. that will happen. But man, oh man! I'm, I'm rooting for all those things. <laughs> you talk about chaos. chaos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that ties in nicely to mine. I'm going with USC, Arizona. It was a vintage Pac-12 after dark game. You know, tons of back and forth. The 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 USC kicker trying to kick that game-winning field goal looked like me trying to hit a sam wedge. He just chunked like he hit. He took a divot about a good you know yard and a half behind the ball. I know the snap was off, but it still was the most unathletic looking play I think I've ever seen in college football game before. And I'll be honest, my favorite thing is everyone losing their minds about how terrible USC's defense is, and they just keep winning. So, you know, every week Grinch gets dragged. Every week people talk about how USC is no good. And, I mean, I don't like or dislike USC, but I love that they keep going out winning and then people lose their minds. So I think they're going to be fun to watch going forward. Well, we'll find out everything we need to know about USC. I mean, they got to play Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, Utah. And I think either Oregon State or Washington State mixed in there. I mean, that's a that's a brutal run to finish the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean they're not going undefeated. There's no chance. I think they'll lose at least two of those probably. But um, no, I don't think anybody yeah, could run that. Still, I don't think so either. And I agree. They kind of deserve to lose against Arizona. They they kind of definitely deserve to lose there at the end. But a win's a win. Survive in advance. Yep. All right, so next up, we've got our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us from friend of the podcast, Twitter user at Chansey John, who asks, if you had to dress up this Halloween with a college football-themed costume, what would it be? Casey, who are you dressing up as? First of all, this is an absolute terrible question, John Chansey, site manager of rubbingtherock.com on your <laughs> network. Sorry, I just wanted to give him a little plug. He's a friend. I'm just kidding. The great question. If I had to dress up in 
for my least favorite holiday ever, uh, I'd probably go as a leather helmet. Therefore, I'd make fans and friends of Michigan, Tennessee, Ohio State, Notre Dame, anyone that gives history lessons about being a blue blood but hasn't won anything of any significance in the common era. Because I'm a people person and I'm a giver, I'd do leather helmet so I can make everyone feel welcome and comfortable and have a good time. Just just going to be a leather helmet, eh? How about a sexy Nothing leather else. helmet? Yeah. If I was a woman, I would do sexy. A slutty leather helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to imagine what that would look like, and now I wish I didn't. Um, right. You're <laughs> welcome. And now I won't be making eye contact with Casey for the rest of the show. So. All right, Joy, what are you dressing up as? I'm dressing up as a flag because that's what I am in real life. I show up at the most inopportune times. I cost people a wide range of emotions. <laughs> I'd probably be like the challenge flag because I'm kind of a walking red flag, and I guess that's what color that is. <laughs> so, yeah, a flag for sure. Yeah, challenge flag. I like that. All right, MBG. Man, I thought about this a little bit, and I guess I um, ended up on being Mark Mangino's towel. That's so good. Not even the slutty Mark Mancino's towel. Just straight up Mark Mancino's towel. That's it. I've got standards, so I'm not gonna gonna have to go now. Mine sucks now. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just I love the short and sweet ones. Oh my god, that was brilliant! I, I mean, they had everything. Yeah, Mark Mangino had uh, all back to a previous episode. I think we're up to twelve episodes with a Mangino reference now. <laughs> One day, maybe we'll have him on. Damn it! I, was, I thought I was going to be all clever. I was going to say I dress up like a cupcake and go as Georgia's schedule, but yours is so much funnier than mine. <laughs> Damn it. No, you're just good. Too, you're just good. You can be, Mich- you can be Michigan schedule too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference mascot, somebody who did something dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, our guest host, Courtney McKinney's nominee of the Pantless South Carolina fan, won with 50, 57% of the vote followed by Casey's nominee, field-rushing Ole Miss fans with uh, 32%. MBG's nominee, Victor Osimen. Osim- <laughs> I, I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> I, <came in> <laughs> I was not even on purpose, damn it. Came in third with 7%, and my nominee, Diego Pavia, came in last with 4%. So... I'm still in the lead with 13 wins, followed by Joy with nine, Casey with seven, our one-show guest host, Courtney, with one, and MBG still has zero. So, MBG, you're now 0-30. You've matched the North Dakota Fighting Hawks volleyball team, who lost 30 straight matches before knocking off UT Arlington in the Ellison Invitational in Missoula, Montana, in August of 2002. So, once again, you're in very good company. Yep. Prestigious. All right. MBG, so, if we get to 78 games, I got something for that. 
<laughs> We're never getting there, Casey. We'll never get to see <laughs> If I tell you, it's getting harder and harder to find examples as the number gets higher. So <laughs> make sure you write that one down. You won't, you won't have to think of another one, my my friend. <laughs> Are you guaranteeing victory? It should be easy this week. <laughs> I figured out the formula. I was I was close. I figured it out. So just just wait. Yeah, I mean, you did get seven percent last week, so exactly. I'm, exactly. <laughs> I'm figuring things out. All right, Casey, who are you going with? This week, I'm going with Mario Cristobal. Did you guys see the meltdown against Georgia Tech on Saturday night? I, I mean, Miami. <laughs> Miami was up twenty to seventeen with about a minute thirty left. It was under a minute thirty. Georgia Tech has no timeouts. Instead of kneeling, Miami runs not one but two plays. In the first play. The running back nearly got the ball knocked out. On the second play, Donald Cheney Jr. said running back, a very good one at that, gets stripped. But it was one of those plays that the refs let play out, knowing it would probably go to review. Cheney may or may not have been down, depending on what team you were rooting for that night. But it was too close to overturn the call on the field. Georgia Tech gets the ball. Haynes King finds wide receiver Christian Leary, who leaked behind the Miami safeties. And Georgia Tech wins the game 23-20. Cristobal did this previously at Oregon as well in 2018, where he didn't kneel on the ball versus Stanford. Stanford ended up stripping a running back, getting the ball, tying the game in regulation, and then winning in overtime. So for that fact, not just the Miami, but the Miami game, but the Stanford game as well. Mario Cristobal is my genius of the week. How do you let that happen twice? I mean, it's First of all, you guys might Who remember. Who doesn't say something? The the Joe Pisarchik handoff, I don't know if you guys remember, back in the day, Giants-Eagles, I think Herm Edwards picked up the fumble, ran it. Like, people have known since then. That was like 1978. Like, <laughs> don't hand it off. Just run out the clock. It's well, just, did you even see after they, Georgia Tech scored, they kneeled for the extra point just so they didn't get it blocked or something? I, it, that yeah. was really weird and awkward. Right, <laughs> and then they kick the ball off out of bounds with a second left, and Miami tries to run their little razzle dazzle that they beat Duke in years ago, and to no avail. It was just stupid, though. Yeah. It didn't even have to happen. That's not the last time uh, that game is going to come up during the show today. All right, Joy, you had a week off. Who are you going with this week? Guys, I'm sure that y'all are all going to be. Shocked. She's excited. She's excited. Sure Look at her. Shocked. Well, my genius of the week is Jimbo Fisher. What? I know. I know. I almost can't even believe it myself. As we know, they played Alabama this week, and the game was tied. Each team had 17 um, midway through the third quarter, and the Aggies were at fourth and one near midfield. So, like, not horrible, you know, field placement. And the – it, the previous play was third and two. Okay, so it's not like it was a, a first and ten situation or anything of that nature. And Jimbo Fisher decided to send out the punt team, which, okay, like I I can almost let that part go, minus the fact that there was zero momentum on either side of the ball and it wasn't. I mean, it's fourth and one. Like just freaking go for it. And then in the game in the post game press conference this is where I really just this is the real genius part of it for me someone asked him why he didn't go for it and he said if it wasn't a full yard we would have gone for it <laughs> if it had been fourth and inches 
we would have gone for it. We just couldn't go a full yard. And if that's not the most Jimbo Fisher thing I've ever heard, I, the, I'm more concerned about the amount of inches in between his brain cells because that's the dumbest excuse for not going for something I've ever heard in my entire life. I, I just think it's a joke. I think he's a scared little cat. I, I just I want him to be fired so badly just so he doesn't have a job. And yet, at, that, at the same time, I don't know who I'll make fun of for every week. Yeah, man. Keep, keep him around. That would be that would be bad for business. It'd be here. bad for business. It'd be bad for yeah. It'd be bad for everyone except for AM. But it's fun to watch the AM fans finally realize that, like, oh crap, okay, maybe he's really not it. The awareness levels drastically increase. But for not going for it on fourth and one, but being willing to go for it on fourth and inches, Jimbo Fisher is my genius. All right, MBG. Is this a week? Well, I think so. I mean, I think I got this thing figured out because if you guys will remember a couple weeks ago, I did pretty well with that lovely Chinese couple, Zhang and Wang. <laughs> well, I figured, yeah. I figured that geographically I was pretty sound and that my mistake there may have been that it wasn't really sports related. So I think that I've, I think I've figured it out this week. You guys know the game Snooker? There's a sport called Snooker. You guys know that? Of course. Who doesn't? I do. You do? I didn't know what it was, but apparently it's something like pool, kind of like on a pool table. Well, I think all of our favorite um, Snooker player, Ding Junhee, he's Chinese, and he's going to be my genius of the week. And here I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) <laughs> so Chinese player Ding, Ding Junhui forgot in quotations about the all black dress code for the English Open in Brentwood uh-huh. and after a friend dashed out to buy him a set he was late he was late for the start and forfooted his first frame. So J- Ding Junhui forgot the right color pants and had to forefoot his very first set in his snooker match. And for that, Ding Junhui <laughs> is my genius of the week. You said that you know, a couple of weeks ago that your Nigerian wasn't great, but your Chinese is getting better and better every day. Yeah. My Mandarin is pretty solid. I would say. <laughs> I'm still working on the writing part. That's, but it's difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I I speak it all right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you all right, so uh, I, I can't beat that. Uh, <laughs> mine is closer to home. My, my my genius of the week is Kentucky fan Twitter user the Big Blue Boss. Uh, leading up Kentucky's showdown with Georgia last week, and he tweeted. Prove me wrong. Kentucky is as talented or more talented than Georgia at every position group outside of tight end, period. Devin Leary hasn't shown us his full capabilities yet, but I have no doubt that when needed, he will show up and show out. If you guys follow this game at all, but Kentucky so they didn't need him. They didn't need got, Leary. <laughs> they got dominated in literally every phase of the game. They went down 34-7 at halftime. They ended up losing 51-13. They managed to make Georgia look like Georgia again, frankly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Kentucky was undefeated going into the game. Devin Leary showed up and showed out to the tune of 10 for 26 for 128 yards, 
uh, four fewer yards than Brock Bowers had by himself. And then, I don't know if you guys saw this, to make things worse, after the loss, Mark Stoops was complaining about fans not donating enough money, saying, hey, George has gone out and bought a bunch of good players, and ha-ha, that's legal now, but, you know, I wish we could do the same. So basically, you know, making excuses for an embarrassing loss. So uh, basically, for taking L's in every way possible, Big Blue Boss is my genius of the week. Well done. Yeah, I was kind of excited for that game, too. And I was very excited. I thought game. it was going to be a game, but, man, it wasn't I'm close. disappointed in y'all. Y'all knew better. Well, we should have. You're right. We should have. I, I go away for one week, and y'all just lose like lose it all? No, I mean, you being disappointed in us is one of the features of this show. So That's it would be fair. weird if you came back and you were, if you weren't disappointed in us. That's fair. That's fair. At least we're consistent. Yep, right, it exactly. Tells, it tells me that the world is right. <laughs> All right. Before we move on to our next segment, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. First is with the Sickos Committee podcast. Their week six recap dropped today covering classic Sicko's content such as slogans for weeknight Conference USA, Red River, UConn's first win of the season, Iowa State's uniforms, Mario Cristobal's decision not to kneel, and much more. We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander U podcast. It also had a new show drop today where they did an Aggie recap, discussed Jimbo on 4th and 1, the improvement of Alabama, Texas versus OU, Miami and Notre Dame, and much more. Love both those shows, so check them out. All right, MBG, you got some good stuff lined up for us tonight. Yeah, well, we talked about one already. We start, we always like to start the show out with uh, the best meltdown of the week. You know, usually we catch these meltdowns as the game develops, but this one, this week, the best meltdown is pretty easily Miami. Um, for the reasons that we've kind of already talked about. But they didn't have much of a meltdown during the game, although they were behind a good portion of that game. And I wasn't really paying too close attention to the boards, but um, when they did, they they fell behind 14-10. And as they did that, of course, it was the officials' fault and the ACC's fault. We had guys like uh, Can said two four seven five said the ACC should be embarrassed. Another guy says the refs are being paid. They're mad at Mario because he's not standing up to the refs and yelling at him enough. This guy ten eighty one Kane says again and again, never any holding calls on opposing offensive line. Phantom holding calls against Miami. Fifteen yard penalties for phantom personal fouls. I hate the ACC. We will never get a fair shake in this conference. Which I would think that Miami's kind of one of the darlings of the ACC, but apparently they don't see it that way. When they lost, the initial reaction were pro- was probably the correct reaction. Mario needs to be fired, period. No excuses. No excuses. That's 100% on Mario. I'm embarrassed. We don't have a coach that knows math. Um, a couple more <laughs> wanting to fire Mario. Before I read the refs, I mean, is that a fireable offense? I mean. The fact that he all- did it twice over his career, no. But I can see being not pleased. <laughs> I mean, but- if, that's, if that's the last game of the season. Is that fireable? I mean, he's got now he's got time to redeem himself. But if that's the last game of the season, does he get canned for that? 
I think the problem is he got three five-star, four and five-star recruits that that verbally committed to him after the game. So the dude can recruit the heck out of him. So I don't think so. But just because of that. But he's got to have talking to him. year two, right, for him? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. I mean, year two with a new AD down there, too. Yeah. Yeah, fair point. Well, so they're – their reactions after the game kind of alternate between telling Mario to go F himself mm-hmm. and blaming the refs. Uh, there was one, the Orlando Kane asked this question. He says, is this game protestable? Nothing about this game made any sense, but is there any way to protest the game with the Cheney fumble? I was at the game and there was a clear camera angle that his elbow was down. So is it at all possible to protest the decision so we can finally do what we were supposed to and take a MF knee to end the game? You go protest it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, some certified letter in yeah, that's just, right. That's some certified letter stuff right there. That's perfect. And then the next day, there was a Miami fan who decided to just embrace the whole thing. This was probably the best the best one to come out of the whole Miami meltdown. This is a guy called Brooklyn Zayo. He says, let's be the team that never takes a knee. Taking a knee should be banned as a pathetic clipboard egghead tactic that has no place on the gridiron. Okay, someone thought of it once. It should have been banned the next year as a disgraceful and cowardly avoidance of the game. Play through to the end, and if someone beats you, you lost. End of story. Deal with it, including against Georgia Tech. One loss, big deal. Move on stronger. Mario is a badass and has a chance to embrace his mistake as a philosophy. Taking a knee is fetal position football. <laughs> at my at Miami, we don't take a knee. That sounds like a guest we had on our show a few weeks back. It does. It does. <laughs> Uh, all upvotes on that post, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, 39 at the time that you uh, screenshotted it. Yeah, I. Uh, that takes some guts to embrace the position after it's already cost you one game. <laughs> Let's embrace the dumbest possible decision that could have been made during that game and make that our philosophy. That's, that seems like a good approach. Hey, if being cool is stupid, call me stupid, I guess. <laughs> So you mentioned the them thinking the refs or the ACC is out to get them. The idea that the ACC would favor Georgia Tech over <laughs> Miami is hilarious. I mean, this is one of the North Carolina schools. I could see them maybe you know making an argument, but yeah, Georgia Tech's down there with us. They're they're not getting any calls. An undefeated Miami too. I mean, right. you think the ACC would protect that at, at all costs if they were going to to intervene in any way. Also saw a good one where uh, somebody wrote Mario is dumb as rocks when it comes to football. <laughs> I love, and again, we talked about this last week. How every time a team loses, their coach is a, becomes Brick Tamlin, basically. Of <laughs> is there any worse argument than holding? They they were holding all day. I always love when people complain about holding calls because okay, like you're sitting there the entire play watching the right guard to see if he's holding. <laughs> And your guy's not. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've uh, found another one that Casey, you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to tee up the uh, edit button for this one if that's okay. Good. Uh, yes, I love it. 
So this was, and I, I'm going to do some little artistic license and fill in what I think the asterisks were for in this post. But the yeah, that's a good title one. of the post was, <laughs> and then he said, <laughs> these guys, Cheney, Mario, TVD, all of them rigged football game. I don't know if you guys have beeps. ever heard yeah, the Tupac beep, song, Hit Him beep, Up, but the end of that. The end of Hit Him Up is sounds exactly like this guy writing on the message board. <laughs> so you're saying he plagiarized his message board? <laughs> he was just reposting. It's awesome. <laughs> you know, most I will say this, that most of the meltdowns that we have are totally unjustified, in my opinion. This one, I mean, I, if my team did that. Oh, I'd be melting down. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I can sympathize with them on this one a little bit because, I mean, that's just a brutal way. Not only the fumble, which is questionable. I mean, if you look at the replay, I mean, it could have been called either way. I mean, it's a questionable call. But then Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech still had to go 76 yards in like 24 seconds to win with the no game. Time. Yeah. And that last – brutal way to lose possible right i mean the, the touchdown they scored that last pass play how do you let that guy i mean there's so much they're Isn't just that peewee football 101 <laughs> yeah. like That's... don't let anyone behind you and he was what i mean he was open open wide right? open. i mean it, like there's nobody within like three yards of him when he caught that yeah i mean there's just so many things to pull your hair out over you know that just dumb mistakes. It wasn't just one dumb mistake. I mean, it was just multiple dumb mistakes. The decision to, to not kneel, the fumble, you know, the the leaving guys open. I mean, I don't I don't blame them completely on this one. Yeah, we lost. King, the quarterback at Georgia Tech, had 21 yards passing in the first half, <laughs> and right three times, four times that much almost in the last 25 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's stick on another meltdown. We'll go to a board that we don't go to very often. And we'll probably never go to again, the Colorado state message board. And I enjoyed this one because they played my Utah state Aggies this week. And it's fun to beat Colorado state because they think pretty highly of themselves, but they never beat anybody at anything. And they jumped out early on Utah state. They were ahead 17, nothing four and a half minutes into this game. So it was looking pretty, pretty brutal for Utah state. And if you saw the final score, uh, Utah state boat raced them from there. We won 44 to 24 after that. And so this guy, CSU 96, he said this, and th this is pretty funny. He said, I'm done with this team over 25 years of giving them my heart and soul. And tonight was my final straw. They won't win four games this year. That's unacceptable. My daughter goes to Iowa. CU is headed to great things. There's no reason to waste my energy on this program anymore. I've been posting on this site for as long as it's existed, but I've just had enough. Go Hawks. Go Buffs. F you Rams. I hope your crappiness continues for eternity. I have a lot of clothes to get rid of. So each of you, if you want some hoodies or shirts or hats, otherwise they're headed to goodwill. I won't be embarrassed by this football team ever again. So he's out one lot. Well, it's not just one loss. It's one in many losses, but he's finally out. And apparently he's going to be a Colorado Buffs fan and maybe a Iowa fan. I'm not sure if I was, if I was out on the open market and I could now pick my, <laughs> pick my team, That's Iowa and Colorado are probably not the places where I go. 
the fan yeah. transfer portal <laughs> choosing to go to Iowa is wild. Right? <laughs> I got a yeah, sweet I mean, hoodie coming my way. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anybody wants a Colorado State hoodie, t shirt, whatever, bring up CSU 96. Yeah, y'all broke this dude, MBG. Uh, we did. <laughs> I mean, this is up there with the Rutgers Al guy breaking <laughs> down on Facebook with that ransom note that we talked about. Yeah. So I, I will say, what I will admit this, what's kind of funny sometimes in the show is I'll find myself thinking things like, wait, people really root for Colorado State football? And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> I rooted for UVA for 40 damn years. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure who I'm making fun of, but yeah, that that's a real fan right there. You caught a state fan for 25 years. You're a real fan, although not anymore, but well, he seems a good know, run. What he made some stuff. Laugh, though, right? They're two and three. I looked over the last five years, they're 14 and 38. Like that's one. Four, two and three, and they almost beat Colorado. Like that, if they won that game, they're I mean, the season seems pretty good. So I don't know if he just really hates Utah State, or it's hard to tell what made him snap. But man, <laughs> yeah, well, they've lost five in a row to Utah State, and they they kind of held their nose up when Utah State joined the league because they didn't think Utah State deserved to be in the league with them. So it hurts them every time, every time they lose to Utah State. So That's that a could good be win it. for Utah State. It is. It was good. They're, was good they're resurging. Well, I, resurging. Yeah, I still can't tell if we're good or not. So we'll see. We play Fresno on Friday. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, you're winning games and generating content for the uh, podcast, man. That's, that's mm-hmm. about as good as it gets right there. I was trying to watch it, but I couldn't find it on TV. Well, you got to have an app for that. We're still in the app phase thing. So you just got to download an app and you can watch it. Mm-hmm. All. You guys well, can't get I'll... your games on the CW, MBG. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we're hoping to work up to that. You got to wait for One Tree Hill to end and then get your game at noon. It's, it's really, it's actually killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. Let's go to another another meltdown. Casey, your friends at Notre Dame, they had a rough, they've had kind of a rough schedule. Now they play USC this week. Um, could be a rough go for them. So they lost to Louisville. They lost pretty decisively. I mean, Louisville kind of dominated that game um, from what I saw. And this guy says, this is Antoine Shimmy 8. He says, underappreciated key to success. It is clear we are lacking real men of faith on our roster. I see no one linking arms or engaging in prayer when we fall behind, and rarely do our players mention or thank the Lord in post-game interviews. Do we even have a pregame mass anymore? At least if we're going to be mediocre on the field, we can still be champions in the chapel. I hope Shrewsbury, who's the basketball coach, takes note. We have a better chance of rescuing the promised land on the hardwood with Father Pete involved. God, country, Notre Dame, Irish all day, every night, and twice on Sundays. Fantastic. Champions Champions of the the chapel. That is just begging for a T-shirt right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm not sure how that one snuck by. (laughs) I, I also enjoy how he's he's upset that he's not seeing not seeing anyone visibly praying on the sideline when they fall behind, as if God uh, would intervene in a football game. And what would happen if the team if the team on the other side was praying equally as hard, or even harder, <laughs> doing it harder? Are we about to get in a religious debate? 
Well, well we all know that God's a Clemson fan, so like this is all moot. I did see somebody say, wait, I thought this was on the Clemson board. <laughs> no, we're just going after thugs, remember? We're going after thugs now. We don't we don't do this men of faith thing anymore. I, I'll be honest. Look, if my team was losing and I just saw the players, like what they were doing on the sideline was just praying and not like, I don't know, paying attention to the game, talking to their coaches or whatever. I don't know that that's going to make me feel that much better. But I guess, you know. Losing to, by two scores to those noted Bible thumpers in Louisville has got to be uh, it's got to be tough for the Notre Dame fans. Yep, I guess uh, Louisville was just uh, praying a little harder. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I love the Champions of the Chapel though. Yeah, it's that, still ringing in my head. Yeah, that was the first thing that jumped out at me on this one. Yep, that was it. Was that line alone that brought that post uh, to the show? <laughs> All right, so someone talked about Rutgers, um, yes. and we got another Rutgers post. We, anytime we got Rutgers, you know it's going to be something awesome. So this is two posts, and Rutgers isn't doing too poorly this year, right? I didn't look at their record before, but they're doing all right, right? I think they only lost one, one yeah. two. They lost to two. Michigan and somebody else. I think they lost twice. But apparently there's a poster there on the board that thinks that the defense might need some some help. And he's got just the man to do it. A man who's probably chopping at the bit to get a job at Rutgers. Um, <laughs> the, the, the title of the first post says Bill Belichick. And it says his seat is starting to get a little warm in New England, which could be true. How long before he serves as an analyst or advisor for Rutgers? Which prompts the next guy to chime in and say, my dream Maybe just maybe he'd be willing to take our DC job with him regarding it as semi-retirement. Ralph, Ralph Friedgen and Jerry Kill were, were willing to become coordinators and subordinate themselves to another head coach. Roger Clemens played partial seasons at the end of his career. Sometimes the great ones can relinquish the rush, but at the same time want something less than what they were doing one can dream. So not only did I love the fact that he thinks Bill Belichick would come be an analyst, the cherry on top is that he compares Bill Belichick to Ralph Friedgen and Jerry Kill. <laughs> I mean, if Ralph Friedgen and Jerry Kill will take a subordinate role, why not Bill Belichick? That's got to be the first time in history that's ever happened, right? Like <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of coaching. Bill Belichick, <laughs> Ralph Friedgen, and Jerry Kill. And Mangino would be number four, obviously. <laughs> well, they, what they need to do is they need to sell uh, Bill on the campus and academics, like that dude from Wisconsin was saying they needed to do for Nick Saban, right? You remember that post? Like, I think that was, was that last season at some point. He's like, yeah, you know, make Saban say no. We can sell him on the beautiful <laughs> campus and the academics. I'm like, yeah, good luck with that. That's, yeah. <laughs> so. That's what he's looking for in his next job. Right. <laughs> Just imagine going from like seven times Super Bowl winner to the Rutgers analyst. <laughs> Taking orders from Rutgers defensive coordinator, whoever that is, or uh, Greg Schiano at best. Yeah, that was And great. there's multiple campuses on Rutgers, like the main campus, and then they have like four others. So you have to take like a car to get from campus to campus to campus at Rutgers. So it's, yeah, you can't sell them on the campus. Their fans do dream big, though, right? They want Elon for NIL. They want Belichick to come in. 
<laughs> be a coordinator. But the fair part is, okay, you're going to have Bill Belichick come in, but not be the head coach? Right. Right. <laughs> That's how New York, New Jersey sports fans are, are notorious, basically, with this with the sports talk radio. So these guys do believe it. They'll be like, yeah, you know what? We should uh, trade for Aaron Rodgers and uh, give him, uh, I don't know, give him a used set of balls. <laughs> that so sounds like... like- that's NBA message boards. Yeah, let's trade. Let's trade uh, uh, a couple of twelfth twelfth men for Steph Curry or something. Right. Like, I couldn't think of any funny names there. We could <laughs> think of us. We could trade. I tried. Oswald I tried. Barata, and, for Mike Trout and Shohei Otani straight up. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm not in basketball mode yet, so I just couldn't think of any cool names to trade for <laughs> Steph Curry, but. I was going to say Mike Smrek, but he hasn't been playing the NBA for several That's years. So. That's a good one. Did we do a deep dive one time? We were just coming up with random NBA guys. I feel like MBG just schooled all, all of us. He would. I might be making that up. Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> he may have been one. It was a bunch of like 6'10 white guys. Yeah. I remember that yeah. we were naming up. Yeah, I think that was – yeah, I think we did that. All right, well, speaking speaking of white guys, we got a post <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't could have segued that any. Oh my any god, better. that was perfect. We did use an MBG dad joke in there. Oh my god, that was a perfect segue. It is. It couldn't have been any better. We got a post from the BYU board, and the imagery in this post gets me. I, I, it's great. So, guy on the BYU board. He says he's got, and look, this is a great message board post because to, to this day, I don't know if this guy was being serious or sarcastic. I don't think it matters because it's equally funny either way, but I have no idea. Um, with BYU fans, you never know. I mean, you just, you just never know. So he says this, I did a create more hype for recruits at no cost to BYU. Why have we not considered trying to recreate what Colorado is doing with celebrities on the sideline. The intersection of the church and BYU football could make for some exciting celebrity guests. Give them free sideline passes. Think of them on the sideline, hyping up players and congratulating them on turnovers and stuff like that, just like Colorado. I'm thinking people like members of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, former BYU legends like Jimmer, Kirby, Steve Young, Will Jensen, David Archuleta, John Heater, <laughs> Ken Jennings, Mitt hey. Romney, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, uh, JTM, I'm not sure who that is, Glenn Beck, Alex Boyer, who's like a jazz, like a, like a contemporary musician. I know it sounds out of the box, but so is Colorado strategy. I'm talking to you, Tom Homo, Brian Santiago, who work in, in the athletic department. Let's make this happen. So just the thought of Glenn Beck, Mitt Romney, David Archuleta, uh, and Ken Jennings uh, hyping up uh, kids on the um, side. JTM is a rapper, and that stands for James the Mormon. That's right. I did there know you that. Go. A cheesy rapper. Yes, 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 yes. Who's Kirby. I don't know that one either. Kirby Smart? Know. Did Kirby Smart go to BYU? I should know that one. I don't. I don't think it's Kirby Smart. Um, uh, Kirby, Kirby Hayborn. Man, look at Joy telling Joy's me who these people human are. Human Wikipedia here. 
how did they leave off the the one like the swaggiest BYU athlete of all time? Like, how is McMahon not on here? I think he's kind of persona non grata around. There. I know they retired his number a few years back. Yeah, yeah bring him back. Just, but I mean, he doesn't really fit the tone and tenor of what we've got going on here, right? right? I mean, MBG. He's, they got like a sore thumb here. You got Stephanie. I don't know Meyer. why they're not bringing back Zach Wilson's mom. <laughs> That'd be good with me. <laughs> I'm the punky QG. No, that's Look, Listen, again, man. it doesn't fit the theme here. I mean, just imagine them coming out and Stephanie Meyer out there pumping them up. Oh, recruits want nothing more than to get some uh, FaceTime with the Twilight author. <laughs> <laughs> Or Napoleon Dynamite out there. I, I'm up. telling you, I, I was thinking about this. Like it just was making me giggle. I was literally sitting at my son's soccer practice. First of all, <laughs> trying to come up with one funnier than Ken Jennings, and I couldn't do it for some reason. That one—that's <laughs> the one like, that got me. The that idea Glenn... of Ken Jennings leading the fans in a raucous rendition of "Holy Bully" to get the crowd <laughs> fired up. <laughs> you can, can you imagine Ken Ken Jennings or Glenn Beck crowning someone with like the turnover crown or the turnover <laughs> chain? What with a big gold turnover chain? Oh man, those kids getting hype over Glenn Beck. <laughs> or they, yeah. I mean, the funniest response I saw it here was somebody saying, "Yeah, I could see the recruits on the sideline saying, oh, f- is that Ken Jennings?'" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh man, it's a it's amazing, oh, amazing. What's happened yet? I, I don't know. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. I would watch a BYU game at least for a half. Because Ken Jennings been to a football game. I, I like. I actually like the guy, but has that dude ever been to a football game? There's no way. I don't think neither him nor David Archuleta uh, or Stephanie Meyer would really uh, attend a football game. Now, what the funny thing that I think about is Mitt Romney. The, I saw Mitt Romney. He would be at jazz games, and there's this image of Mitt Romney at a jazz game, and he's got a jazz jersey over like his button-up sh- collared shirt, and he's like. <laughs> Someone, I don't know who they were playing, but one someone on their team got four fouls, and you just see Mitt like taunting him, holding up four Russell fingers, Westbrook. wearing his jazz jersey. In Oklahoma City. Oh, Joy, look at Joy knows her Utah stuff. Yeah, he was taunting Russell so Westbrook. Joy just knows how to use Google. Really fast, though. <laughs> You're doing it super fast, though. He's got his denim jeans on and his button-up shirt with his jazz jersey over his collared shirt, taunting Russell Westbrook, holding up four fingers. It was fantastic. I, that's what I picture happening with, but he's got a, he's got like an entourage with him of Ken Jennings and uh, Napoleon Dynamite and David Archuleta in the back helping him. What taunt. would their taunts be? Go to, go to heck. <laughs> they, they'd be in the form of a question. First yeah. of all. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I like the idea of like other teams rolling out like the rock and guys like that. And like, Oh, we got mint. <laughs> oh man. It's one of get really crazy. We'll go jimmer. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, I still I can't call a grown man Jimmer. It's James. I call him James. <laughs> uh, that's uh, one of my favorite ones we've done in a while. That's a great one. It's one of the better posts I've ever seen. Like I say, whether it's sarcastic or serious, it's still one of the best posts I've ever seen. I'm just I like it because it let me look smart for a minute. <laughs> <It did. laughs> 
Soak it up, Joy. All right, that's all I got. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Oh,